What is up, everyone? Episode 108 with Roshana Scott. We are, we've been doing a lot of these episodes. I'm excited to have Roshana on. She's a, she seems like a pretty cool guest. I was the one who screwed up our original interview because I actually had a bunch of stuff going on. But I appreciate you coming on now. Um, means a ton. And yeah, no, I'm excited to have you on, Roshana. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So real quick for my audience who doesn't know you, like just real quick, um, just tell them like what you've done in real estate, like where you're at, what's your, what your, what's kind of like a little resume, if you will, just real quick. Yeah. So uh, I am an Illinois licensed real estate broker uh, in the Chicagoland area. Um, also the founder of Flippin' and Heels, which is an online community for women real estate investors. Uh, I'm also a real estate investor myself. My experience ranges from um, wholesaling, fix and flips, tax lien investing, um, buying homes, some short-term rentals, um, pretty much, you know, uh, mostly a, a lot of different areas um, in real estate. And uh, I specialize in working with investors as well. And uh, selling multifamily and investment properties. So uh, I guess that's a little blurb about me. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So what, like when you were just starting out in real estate, what were your greatest fears and how did you overcome them? Um, greatest fears. Um, you know, I definitely went through a period where I was, uh, where I lacked confidence. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because um, when I first got started out, I was young. I was in my early 20s and I was just um, trying to figure it out. I was going to conferences, workshops, seminars. And, um, you know, I guess even at that at that point, you know, I, I didn't feel like anyone would ever um, like take me serious. You know, it was always that like limiting belief of, um, you know, who's going to um, maybe want to work with me, you know, like and things like that, you know. Um, and so I had to overcome that and like building up the self-confidence of just um, educating myself. And what I realized was that the more knowledgeable that I became in learning about real estate, the more confident I felt, um, you know, in those rooms. Gotcha. Okay. What um, do you feel like that was just like learning lessons? Like how could you, how could you have sped that up? Was it just, you feel like you need to educate yourself and that would have made it easier? Or like, what do you feel like you could do, you could have done maybe to like speed line getting over those fears quicker? Um, that's a great question. Um, definitely educating myself um, and then probably having uh, a mentor, right? Having someone to speak you know, life into me and to um, kind of encourage, you know, that confidence because it's not always easy, right, to build self-confidence. Um, we all come from many different backgrounds, right? And so um, sometimes we just, you know, some people aren't born with it, right? Um, and so you have to, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, build it and figure it out. But having somebody in your corner, you know, that's pushing you, coaching you, guiding you, mentoring you, encourage you, you know, encouraging you consistently. Um, I'm sure that would have been um, like a hack at, at that point. Yeah. I mean, mentorship 100% seems, I think that's the greatest thing I ever did was like getting mentors really early on. When mm -hmm. do you, when did you start getting a mentor in your journey? So, um, so luckily I did have a mentor early on, but it wasn't, um, so I've had many mentors, right? And so I feel like I've had different mentors at different levels. And when it was time to go to another level, like I needed a new mentor, right? Essentially. So uh, when I first started my first business in 2011, um, I had a mentor, you know, I had someone who helped me with that. And then um, I didn't really have much success, but I learned a lot, a lot about the basic foundations and principles and, you know, of business, right? Things that I never knew before. And then I was able to take that into the next phase um, of actually getting my real estate license, you know, working up under someone who I could learn from and, and things like that. And then from there going to another level where I was like, okay, you know, I now want to focus on investments, right? And figuring out the investing side of real estate and then going in, you know, investing into mentor there. So I'll say, you know, I've had many mentors um, along my journey, uh, but going back to, you know, just having, um, again, that person 
that's con that was like continually, you know, pushing me, um, that definitely would have helped in terms of if, if I just had someone even just saying that specifically, like, you know what, you know, don't worry about, you know, being um, the youngest in the room, only the woman in the room or anything, you know, don't worry about any, any of those things, but just focus on, you know, educating yourself and the confidence will come, you know, I would feel like I would have, you know, gathered that quickly, but that was definitely something that I had to just learn on and kind of figure out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. So you started as a realtor and then how did you start switching into real estate investor? I feel like I have a lot of realtors who follow me. I think a lot of realtors become, become realtors in order to become investors. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I recommend to most people that like, if you want to be an investor, be an investor. If you want to be a realtor, be a realtor, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to be an investor to be a realtor and you don't need to be a realtor to be an investor. Right. Um, but how did your mindset start shifting to being like, okay, actually being an investor is the right way to go. Or at least, I mean, you're still a realtor too, but like you're, when did you decide that like investing was something you wanted to add to what you were already doing? Yeah. So I actually wanted to be an investor first um, and I couldn't figure out how to be an investor. So being a realtor was just like uh, secondary to that. Um, I was again, you know, 18, 19, 20 um very early on and i was like man i want to be an investor but it just seemed like it seemed like it was so out of reach um i didn't have anyone within my immediate circle within my sphere um talking about investments i didn't grow up you know talking about investments at the dinner table um and so i so so i had the mindset of investor first and early on um but yeah i became a realtor by um yeah, just by default, because I was like, you know what? Well, I can't figure out this investing thing. I don't have a ton of money. You know, I'm just understanding what it means to have good credit. You know, like all these things I'm just figuring out. And I was like, well, I mean, I can go and take a class and take a test, you know, like I can do that. Like, you know, so um, so that was actually how I became a realtor. And then I did leasing for about a year. And then I was like, well, this is not worth my time. Um, you don't make a lot of money as a leasing agent. And then after that, I decided to go and invest in a, a real estate investing program because I still had that desire to uh, understand investing and become an investor. And I knew again, right, you have to, um, you know, you only can figure that out through learning and through educating yourself. So I went and joined an investor program um, with, I was with them for a couple of years, learned a lot, you know, had some experience. And then I went back after that and got my uh, real estate broker's license after that. <laughs> gotcha. Love it. But like, did some, so you always wanted to be one. When were you like, okay, now I feel like I'm actually ready to do it. Like what changed in your yeah. journey? Yeah. So, um, my, uh, so as I mentioned, I invested into like a real estate guru program and um, there was a community within that program as well. And, um, you know, again, the, the mindset was financial freedom, right? All of these buzzwords <laughs> that we use, you know, today, but that was always at the end of the game, you know, at the end of the day, the mindset. And so I was like, okay, how do I get into um, investing? And so I joined this community and within that community, I actually met people who were doing deals and raising money and, and things like that. And so that's actually how I got into real estate. Um, my very first investment was, uh, I was a, a private investor in somebody else's deal. Um, and then I started to like raise money for my own deals. And so um, again, it wasn't necessarily like a mindset shift saying like, okay, now I'm going to become an investor after being a realtor, because like I said, I wanted to be an investor first. Um, and I got those principles through um, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was like I said, like 17 or 18. And and so that stuck with me, you know, and it was like, okay, I, I got it right then and there. Like, okay, this is what I'm going like. I And even before I read that, I always knew that I was going to be um, a business owner or an entrepreneur of some sort. I just didn't know um, what I was going to do. And then when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I was like, oh, okay, so real estate is going to be my way. Like, you know, it just made sense. It, it clicked. It was a no brainer. Like, okay, financial freedom, generational wealth, all the things. Okay, great. I can obtain that through real estate. And so, and, you know, and through owning real estate. So um, yeah, I, I got it early on. And then after that, it was really just a matter of the journey to get there. 
Um, because I, you know, I was in school full time. I was working full time and I was doing real estate on the side, you know, and just trying to figure it out. Um, again, you know, it just seemed like it was something that was, um, so, uh, that it was difficult to obtain, you know, it, it, it was out of reach, right? Again, being young, not having a lot of money, not, um, you know, not having, even, even when I was working like my very first job <laughs> and, and having a desire to go into real estate, you know, you're like, how am I going to come up with this money? So, um, so yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> I think it does. I think it definitely answers my question in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah. So like what, what were, were there a new set of fears when you started investing, right? What type of investing did you start doing? Right. Like, like give us a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh goodness. So my biggest lesson in uh, my early on investments is definitely lessons around partnerships. Uh, I had a number of different partnerships, um, some that went good, some that went not so good, some where we made money, some where we didn't make money, um, you know, you name it. And um I would say after each one, you know, the fear was definitely like, you know, do I want to do this again? Um, do I want to, you know, keep getting into this again? Um, it almost got to a point where I almost got out of real estate. And I was just like, you know what, there's, there's, you know, there's no more good people in the world. Like, <laughs> you know, everybody's crooks, like, you know, everybody's taking advantage of each other. I was like, I don't think I want to do this. You know, I don't want to be in this industry, but, um, but yeah, but but yeah, so I would say that, you know, the fears uh, around all of that. Now, fast forward to, you know, talking back on someone uh, or talking back to someone or talking back to my, you know, younger self in terms of doing that differently. And people even ask me today, you know, like, how do I feel about partnerships? And um, I still believe that partnerships can be a good thing, right? You can leverage, um, you know, other people, right? For you know, other people's finances, credit, you know, money, whatever the case, resources. Um, but you absolutely want to make sure that you have the right contracts, you know, in place. You want to make sure you have the right language. You want to make sure, you know, you sit down and you have a conversation with people first before you actually decide to go into business with them, you know, all the things. And so, um, so, so definitely things that I'm, I'm much more cautious about, you know, of course, now uh, I would say, you know, having some experience, but yes, some of my fears, some of my greatest fears and biggest fears and um, biggest lessons came through partnerships. I will, I will partner with contractors um, on uh, different fix and flip projects. Um, and I would, I would say that was the majority of my uh, partnerships was with contractors because again, as a real estate agent, um, you know, what I brought to the table was um, the deals, you know, and the opportunity. So I could get deals off market, um, you know, I have an eye for design. I think naturally, you know, being a woman and then also, um, as a realtor, you know, I can turn around and sell the property. Right. Um, and then most of the time I would have a buyer before we even finish with the project, you know, with the project as well. So, um, you know, that also brings value. And I really just needed someone to partner with to run the project, run the rehab side. That was something that I didn't necessarily care to learn. You know, I feel like so many people in real estate, they're like, oh, I got to learn, you know, everything, you know, before I get started. And it's like, no, you don't. You know, you can actually partner and it's okay to not be an expert at everything. In fact, you won't be an expert at everything, you know? And so, um, Early on, I was like, I don't even want to be. I don't care to be. I don't want to try to be. I, I, you know, like, and especially in construction, it's just one of those things where I don't think you are going to know all there is to know until you go through like the experience, right? Like in rehabbing, unless unless you you know you you grow up building houses, <laughs> you know, is 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 no way to know all there is to know. Um. So anyway, so yes. Yeah, so to answer your question. Yes, my biggest lessons were absolutely through partnerships when I started um, investing. My biggest fear is my biggest, all of that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, partnerships are key, right? I think partnerships are like 100% necessary when doing real estate investing. 
I think you have to find the right partners. I don't think you can ever do it completely on your own. I feel like if you if you're doing fix and flipping, you're gonna need a construction partner. You might need a private money lender, which is just another type of partner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a partner in almost all of my different businesses, mm-hmm. almost every single different one, right? Um, obviously, you have to know how to choose the right partner. So, Rashana, my question to you is: How does one choose the right partners that aren't going to screw them, make them jaded, that are going to actually be good, where their your skill sets are are different, and you guys are aligning and all that? How do you choose the right partner? Yeah, I think the great thing that you just mentioned is that the skill sets are different, right? So, the very first thing that you need to do is identify uh, your roles, right? Who's going to um, do what? Who's going to be responsible for doing what? Um, And then also assign a a dollar value to that, right? Um, Is this amount of work worth 50% of the profit, 25% of the profit, 75% of the profit, right? Like, what does it take for you to reach, um, you know, for for you to go from A to Z in your business or in your partnership? And who's going to be responsible for what at every single stage, right? And that needs to be discussed up front, not just like, oh, I like you, you like me, let's go into business together. You <laughs> know, you have to, you know, have these tough conversations. Um, in addition to identifying roles, you know, you need to uh, also talk about um, the what ifs. Um, <laughs> you definitely want to talk about the what ifs, right? So what if um, you don't do your job? Right. What if I have to step in and do your job, you know, because regardless of, you know, if you do it or not, like it still has to be done. So what does that mean? What does that look like? What does that look like in terms of compensation? What does that look like in terms of our partnership? Um, I think those are the biggest things that is that it's important to talk about um, are identifying roles and then what happens when people don't want to, you know, don't do their job and also even an exit plan. Um, you know, like what happens if the partnership can just no longer move forward anymore? You know, what would that look like? So it's definitely a matter of having those tough conversations up front and making sure that you're in alignment, you know, with whatever, you know, you want the outcome to be. So I would say in terms of choosing a partner, if you can't even come to terms, you know, on those things at the very beginning, then, you know, there might not be somebody that's a, a good fit for you. Sorry, I just realized I muted myself. 100%. No, I totally agree. Um, Do you have any business partners that's like, because like I can, it sounds like you're almost talking about JV. Well, you're not only talking about JV partners, right? Like you're talking about people that you consistently use too, right? Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, both. <laughs> so both, right? So you, you have one-off partners, right? But then, uh, yeah, more so partnerships. Um, but those could still be through JVs. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Gotcha. Um, so what, um, so you're doing that. Talk about your first project. Was it a fix and flip? Uh, yeah, it was a fix and flip. Uh, I invested in somebody else's deal. Uh, they were raising like $10,000 and I was like, I'm a young broke college student. All I have is $5,000. Can I please invest in this deal? Um, and she was like, yep. And so she allowed me to invest. And uh, it was a condo flip in a uh, rapidly growing, gentrifying neighborhood. So the values uh, were good. You know, everybody was moving into this neighborhood. Um, like it's, And like I mentioned, this was in like 2015. And so it was my first time uh, investing and sitting back and not doing anything and then, you know, getting a check my money back, you know, a couple months later with a little bit of interest on it. And that felt great, you know. Um, but in addition to that, one of my biggest takeaways from that um, opportunity was the 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 fact that I got a chance to mentor hack. So I, because I was an investor, that allowed me the opportunity to show up to the um the, the project and to ask questions and to say, hey, what does this mean? What does that mean? And I was learning about, okay, and because it was a um a, a condo rehab, that's when I first learned about like associations and okay, if you're renovating um a property or if you have a pipe leak, you know, what is the responsibility of the association versus what goes on the owner and things like that. And I mean I was like 22 or 23 and I was showing up and I was like 
I was just so eager to learn because again, remember I thought about real estate as this huge thing that, you know, I was like, you know, when am I ever going to have the money to, you know, figure out how to invest? But here I am, you know, I had a, a, a little bit, you know, I had a small amount, but it allowed me the opportunity to get that foot in the door and to um, learn, you know, kind of side by side as if I was, you know, the one doing that project myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes total sense. So cool. So then um, when was your talk about your first project where like you, I guess you've never managed, you didn't really ever manage the fix and flips ever because you always partnered up. No, I wouldn't say ever. Um, so, uh, a one, probably. Each, so each, each partnership was different. Um, there were some that I didn't have to do, um, as much management or as much involvement. And then there was, um, some that I had to get in and take over total management. So yeah, I've had, uh, every end of the spectrum, I would say in terms of like, the management. Um, and then, you know, I uh, don't have any partners today. I rehab everything, you know, myself currently. So. Okay. Nice. Why'd you, so why'd you stop using partners? Yeah. I mean, well, the last partnership, you know, we just went our separate ways and I haven't needed one since. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But now you're doing everything. Now you're you're managing fix and flips. You're now finding the deals as well. Mm -hmm. um, are you okay with that? Are you like happy doing that? I mean, you're not doing. I'm assuming you have a contractor at least, right, or a crew. I don't know. I can't imagine you with the hammer in there. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have contractors. Um, I think is good for you to have. And depending on what level or what volume of flips you're doing, like I'm not doing flips at a volume of what I was doing previously. Um, uh, largely, at, at the first shift came to the market change, right? So I was doing, you know, a couple flips uh, per year at one point, um, but that has since slowed down. And I have many contractors. So I have contractors for different types of jobs, right? If I'm doing a full gut rehab or new construction, I'm doing something that's going to be a huge project. I have you know, a separate contractor for that versus just, you know, maybe I need a couple units turned and things like that. Um, so yes, I do have um, pretty much just, you know, a Rolodex of contractors and I encourage everybody to build one. How do you right? find a really good contractor? Because I feel like that's where people get screwed a lot of times, especially fixing flippers. Yeah. It's like, how do you find a really good contractor? Uh, you absolutely uh, want to get recommendations first and foremost. That should be at the very, very, very top of your list. You want somebody who um, has already done a good job for somebody else, right? Um, and that, I, I mean, that's really it. Like, yeah, all of my contractors, I would say, have come through recommendations now that I think about it. Yeah. Nice. Or just, you know, it. even just even networking. Um, if, if it's somebody that I meet that I, that, that was not a recommendation, then I'm absolutely going to go and visit their jobs, take a look at their work, you know, things like that. And then, um, you know, you're going to ask certain conversations. I think there are certain things that you have to put in place though, to make sure that you don't get screwed, um, as an owner, as an investor, because like you said, that's where, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, do um you know get screwed is is with uh the contractor piece but if you do certain things like for example when i get a quote on properties like i'm getting a, a labor only quote um i don't allow contractors to purchase materials or handle the material quote um because the price is going to just be jack you know way too high um so that's one thing um to you know definitely don't pay lump sums up front, right? Um, definitely make sure that, you know, you have contracts with these contractors. Like, I feel like, you you know, you ask them for a um, scope of work and then, or you ask them for a contract. Some of them, you ask them for a contract and they'll send you a scope of work. And you're like, no, this is a scope of work. This is not a contract, right? So again, being right. very clear on what a scope of work is, is it is a list of all the things that's going to, you know, get done versus a contract actually saying what happens when this doesn't get done, right? This is when a project starts. This is when a project ends. This is when pay payments will go out, you know, and things like that, right? So having that contract in place is going to be so important. Um, I would say one of the biggest lessons that I have learned 
um, in building my real estate business and my career is the importance of um, contracts. Like I'm really doing anything with anybody uh, without a contract. I actually had a attorney last year. So not even that long ago, literally in 2022, try to um, do a service for me. And he wanted me to send him a Zelle payment for like $2,000. And I hadn't even received a retainer or anything. And I was right. like, what, what, you know? And I was just knew it was like shady. And then he ended up getting fired anyway. But, <laughs> right. but yeah, so, so name it again. Like, at the end of, you know, have those contracts, people, please have those contracts, have them tight. Um, I don't care, you know, if somebody says like, oh, this is a lot, right? I mean, yeah, you can condense it, you can shorten it, you can make it where maybe it's not uh, aggressive like me, for example. I did set a contractor, a 13-page contract, uh, you know, and contractors don't want to deal with that or see that, right? So um, we actually went back and forth on the most important things in the contract and pulled it out and kind of altered it, right? But at the end of the day, um, man, have those contracts. Don't, don't get into business without them because I think that's going to be obviously your layer of protection. Like you said, the whole quote unquote getting screwed, the contract, you know, should help prevent that. And if it doesn't prevent that, then at least, you know, you have something to stand on legally if you have to go to court. Right. Makes sense. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I obviously found you off of social media, um, followed you on Instagram, all that stuff. What made you start like becoming so active on social media? How did you start realizing that that was really important for your real estate business? How did how did you how did that realization happen? Yeah, um, that happened around the time uh, that Periscope was born. So you know it was so cool this brand new thing called live stream, right? Where you could click a button and now all of a sudden you're you know you're in somebody's living room in in Germany and you're like. Oh, wow. What's this thing? Right. So then it was like, then it became um, um, like creating that identity and, and understanding brand and understanding that when you do go, you know, turn on your phone and you click that button, who are you going to be? Right. And it was it was seeing more and more of that. Right. And people when, when you would if you I don't know if you were you know part of Periscope days, um, but when you would click on somebody's page or somebody's you know video you're essentially going for something right and in most cases it was um to be educated to learn you know and things like that and then i was noticing that there was a lot of folks who were online educating and i had a passion for um budgeting financial literacy you know things like that credit um as well as real estate but i didn't have you know the real estate experience yet so i didn't feel like i you know um, earned the right to necessarily talk about it or teach about it but i knew the the foundations and the principles and those are things that i was working on because you know again while i was trying to figure out how to get to this real estate and become you know this big investor i knew like the basics so that's what i would go online and that's what i would share and that's just what you know what i would talk about because it was a passion of mine and then um from there uh i feel like i my i myself wanted to just get more niched with what i was delivering like i felt like um the market for just overall financial literacy was so saturated and um so yeah so then i just tailored my content more towards real estate and i was more intentional about learning real estate right and doing real estate and like i said investing into the program and showing up and doing the deals and investing with people and things like that and then i was just documenting my journey um, and I was just sharing what I was doing on social media. And then um, little did I know you, that 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 is the thing that would have, you know, attract my my tribe. I love it. What's been like the how has it changed your business starting to become more active on social media, doing all of that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, 80 to 85 percent of my clients come through social media um, on the realtor business. So um <laughs> I wouldn't even say necessarily change. It, it grew organically as as I just grew. So, so because I was documenting my journey and just you know my experience in investing and what I was doing and what I was learning and the lessons I was learning and the failures I was making. Um, when I finally decided 
to go back. So I it started so I started growing my brand in like 2015. And then in 2017, I got my license and I posted on social media that I passed my license. I mean that, you know, that I got my real estate test. And I'm sorry, that I passed my real estate test and I had my first client right away right like hey everybody i'm so excited i passed my exam boom i had a client but that wasn't because that was my first time posting on real estate you know about real estate on social media i had already been posting i had already been documenting my journey i had already just been showing what i was doing so people already associated roshana with real estate and so it was something that just grew gradually as um i continue to grow right as my business grew as my brand grew as i was continuing to document my journey more people would come because they would see that's what i'm doing right people want to work with who they see working i love it and then so how did you grow your social media i know this might be like a really common question but like what's your advice for someone who's like no i want to grow my social media get deals from leads what would you like what would be your first piece of advice there um, you have to figure out your ideal client and who you are talking to. Um, and even before then, I would say, why are you on social media? That's the very first question that you need to answer. Um, for And, you know, only you can answer that for yourself. So if you're on there to socialize, then that's cool. You know, if you're on there to intentionally get leads. OK, if you're on there to grow your business. OK, are you on there to maybe keep up with family and friends? OK, you know, all of these things are great things, right? Nothing. No, there's no wrong answer. But why are you on there? Right. And if it is business to grow right and to get leads, then I would say, um, OK, well, you know, how are you going to get those leads? How are you going to attract those leads? How are you going to um, talk to those people? What type of content are you putting out, you know, that speaks directly to them? Um, so yeah, I would say that that's what I was give us an example. Like, give us an example of just like one thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to be, here's an example of where I thought about it. It's like, I want this type of client. And I, like, I actually forgot what markets are you in? I'm in Chicago. Like what, like I want people in Chicago who are specifically looking to buy, like, how did you, how did you, um, create content that was like tailored to them? Like, what's an example of that? Yeah, so um, for Veterans Day, um, you know, there was a lot of posts saying like Happy Veterans Day. And then I created a post talking about um, how to use the VA loan and um, how I can get a four unit with no money down. So, right. So I'm educating people with my content. Um, and so I try to be unique in what I'm educating um, and how I'm delivering it. And, um, yeah, just thinking about what other people aren't doing or what other people aren't talking about. How can I be different and think outside the box and attract clients in a different way than what everybody else is doing? Um, everybody else is posting like the just sold or, you know, just listed or whatever. But when you go to somebody's page, it just looks like a, a magazine, right? It just looks like an advertisement. Like people, that's not what gives people the warm fuzzies on, in, you know, on the inside that, that and, and that doesn't make them that doesn't help them buy into you and so um yeah i i think you know educating is selling and so the more you educate people for free uh the more they want to in turn do business with you i love it i love it so much and then so yeah so so which platforms are you mainly focusing on? I mainly know you on Instagram. I'm curious, do you have a YouTube or are you just going all in on Instagram or like what platforms do you use? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all Instagram really. Um, I have a Facebook just because, um, you know, I've had a Facebook forever and that's, you know, a lot of family and um, friends are yeah. there. Um, I do have a Facebook business page as well. And, you know, if you post on Instagram, it's automatically going over there anyway. So, you know, we just kind of keep that going. But yeah, I'm definitely mainly uh, active on Instagram. I love it. And then so you're doing fix and flipping. You're you're also a realtor. Is there any other real estate investing? Are you doing any buy and holds? Are you like doing anything else? Yep. So I hold um, currently as well. Um, again, and again, as I mentioned before, previously, I have done um, tax lien investing. I have done, um, uh, I'm currently doing short-term rentals as well. Um, and then, it was, oh, tax lien investing. So I've done tax lien investing as well. Love it. So 
what are your goals? Like you have, you're doing all sorts of stuff. You're doing a ton of them. Like, is there like a goal for how many you want to own? How many you want to flip? How many um, deals you want to um, represent people on? What are your goals there? Um. Yeah. So you know, I I usually set a, a yearly goal for my team. So um, I have a team of four agents, and every year that goal increases or changes, or 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 it looks different. You know, I um, have a goal of 100 units this year for my team. Um, in regards to, um, and that's just on the, you know, on the realtor side, uh, for 2024. Um, but you know, next year, you know, that could be different. Um, you know, the, one of the things that you learn about in leadership is that, uh, you know, things change, right. Things change, people change, goals change. Um, you know, sometimes the vision changes. Um, I used to want to own, uh, all of these doors, um, you know, so going back to even with that, right, goals and vision changing. And I do not desire that anymore. Um, I've shifted my investment strategy into uh, purchasing mortgage notes. And so my focus is more towards uh, leaning in that direction um, in, ter in terms of um, the goal. I mean, ultimately, you know, I don't have um an exact number in mind yet of what like my end goal necessarily would be with that i don't uh, know if i would i would have one to be honest um but i think it's just um you know for me my my investment strategy uh definitely has changed and i think you know your investment strategy will change over time as well uh when i talk to people and they're like man, you know, I want to be an investor. I want to get into real estate and, and, and or they're just like, I want to invest in real estate. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Um, and they're like, well, I don't know. I just want to be an investor, right? Because they see it, they hear it, you know, it's a buzzword. It's a cool thing to do right now. And um, you need to, you know, first and foremost, figure out what type of investor you want to be. Um, you know, what type of investment do you want to do? But also understand what is your investing personality, right? Like, are you someone that does have a high tolerance? Are you someone um, that is okay with opening a wall and, you know, having an additional $15,000 expense that you didn't, ex you know, you didn't prepare for? Is that going to make you, you know, go into a panic attack? Or are you just going to, you know, deal with it and say like, okay, you know, it is what it is. We got to keep moving, right? Um, are you a person that, that maybe, um, you know, you don't necessarily like people? <laughs> then you probably... Uh, shouldn't be a landlord or you should highly consider hiring property management, right? And then you, that means you also have to factor that into your numbers. And so I say all that to say that uh, there's so many different ways, obviously, in which you can invest in real estate. You have to understand that there are entry strategies to real estate and there are exit strategies to real estate, right? So if I say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a fix and flipper or I buy and hold, that's the exit, right? That is what I did on the end. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how I got into the deal, right? The deal could have been um, a foreclosure. It could have been a tax lien. It could have been an auction. It could have been a subject to, it could have been a seller finance. It could have been, you know, all of these different ways in which, you know, you could have gotten into the deal. And so those are strategies to understand and learn and study, you know, in themselves. Um, but those are also different pathways that people can take. Totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Um, so going on to yet another subject, because I'm just super, super curious about different things, right? Um, when, like, what is like the money goal? I'm also curious about that as well, just because like, I like knowing where because people have different lives, right? Maybe not even money, if you feel uncomfortable with that. But just like, what is the what is the lifestyle goal, right? Like when is, when has Roshana made it? Because I feel like a lot of people have different views on that. Some people are like, I got $10 million in the bank. Some people are like, I'm making 100K passively a month. Like what is the, I've made it. And if you've already made it, like, have you already made it? Have you already reached that goal? Like, what is that to you? Yeah, so um, I feel like I'm very close. Um, 
And for me, it's absolutely a lifestyle goal for sure. Um, I realized it last year when um, I didn't work um, as much during the summer. Um, and then uh, my numbers kind of stay stagnant, you know, in terms of uh, volume, you know, closings and things like that. But, you know, we still ended the year um, on a good note, you know, 56 closings, um, a couple million in volume. Um, and so it was, it, it was a good year. And so, um, and volume is total transaction number, not necessarily GCI, uh, which is income. <laughs> but, you know, we still ended on a good year. Um, but what I realized was that during those months that I took off, I was like, um, man, like I really enjoy my life. And I didn't necessarily take off, but uh, I was still working, but I wasn't necessarily uh, as much focused in the business. And I was like, you know, I really enjoy my life, you know, regardless, you know, how can I continue to keep this up? And um, and my numbers don't stay stagnant. Right. In fact, they continue to you know, go upward. And so for me, it's a matter of, you know, building a business where you have processes and systems in place where you, you know, your business can operate without you. And we hear this time and time and time again. Right. Like this is, you know, there's not anything about, you know, it, it's what they the oldest trick in the book, right? Where you're building a business to scale, um, or you know, you're building essentially what is your ideal life. And like you said, that looks different for everybody, but for me, it truly is um, time freedom, right? And so, uh, when I say I believe that I'm almost there, uh, I do plan to take all five months this year um, and still hit our numbers and hit our goals, um, and I'll still support my team really just from wherever I'm at. You know, I love to travel. So I'm sure I'll be traveling. Um, I, I enjoy speaking, so I'm sure I'll still be speaking. Um, I, you know, will be able to invest from wherever I'm at. I'll be able to lead generate, you know, and, and have clients and things like that. So I think it's for me is being um, location, you know, independent, right? Not necessarily have to be in a certain place at any given time. Um, and so what it's really about is building the processes and the systems and the tools and the softwares and, and the business, the business and having the right people in place to get there. And um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time um, building. I would say the probably the past year and a half, I've been just building, 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 right? Documenting processes and systems and um, just figuring out, you know, just the best ways to duplicate and scale and the best ways to support people. So um, yeah, so to answer your question, I think I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty close, and then I'm sure five months is pretty darn cool. That's pretty that's pretty up there, right? The most I've ever taken off is a month, and stuff was working out. People were making money, but I don't think I could go five months. So yeah, kudos to you. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um, what what are the businesses that would be self running? Would it be like it sounds like your brokerage? Would also fix and flipping still happen? Like it? Like where is your main money maker out of all of the stuff you're doing? Yeah, so currently my main money maker is um, definitely through my real estate sales business. So um, you know uh, the the brokerage business, helping buyers, sellers, investors. Um, I have another stream of income through um, Keller Williams. Through um, it's called like profit sharing. My agent uh, downline essentially, uh, which is really cool. They actually let you pass that down for like a couple of generations, and and it's a really cool just additional stream that they um, compensate you for, you know, helping grow um, the company. So that's a stream. Um, and then um, my properties, right? My, my current properties and then the properties that I will, you know, continue to acquire um, as well as the same thing as I mentioned, you know, in terms of notes. So um, for me, it's a matter of creating as many passive income streams as possible. Um, when, I look at opportunities or think about new opportunities, whether it's like just investments and, and, and what have you. Um, the first thing that I'm thinking about or that I'm looking at is definitely not how much money I can make, but how much work is it going to take? <laughs> um, and so, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, will I start a property management company or or why haven't I started a property management company? Because, you know, it would, it would be, you know, very successful. I have all the clients already. Right. All of my clients, the majority of my clients are multi-unit buyers. Right. Whether they're in state, out of state, whatever. Like, you know, I have I have 
a, a roller deck of, of multi-unit clients. And so that's something that I would be able to get clients for right away and it would be easy. But is that the life that I want to create for myself, right? Is that what I see for myself? Is that, you know, in terms of what all it takes and, you know, what all it entails? And I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to be on a beach and um, someone is calling me upset because their building is on fire. I was like, I don't think right. I want to deal with that. Mm, so. I love it. No, it totally makes sense. So we're heading towards around the end of our interview. Um, I always end the interview with a couple different questions. And one of them is, Shana, if you could go back to yourself, you're just starting to be a realtor. What would you say to yourself then, knowing everything that you know now? Um, what would I say then? <laughs> mm. Oh, uh, probably um, uh, like get, just getting your systems and your database like in order, and. Um, and being consistent with uh, like email blasts and things like that. Um, that's something that I didn't get, I didn't really get good at until I hired somebody to do it. Uh, it's just not my stream. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's something that as a brand new agent, like if you don't have a lot of time, I mean, I'm sorry, if you don't have a lot of business, that's okay, right? Because you have more time than you have business. So in that time, I would absolutely say, take the time to get your database in order. And then the marketing that you want to send out, right? Like, so are you sending out, um, you know, monthly newsletters? Are you sending out this or that or whatever, right? Like getting those things in order so you can start touching your people as often as possible um, and, and consistently. I love it. What's your favorite book or what's the book that's affected you? Well, I would say this, what's the book you've given out the most? Oh, good question. Given out, um, man, I've had, I've, I've definitely encountered some really great books um, in, in my short time here on earth. However, uh, I read Who Not How um, about a month ago, and um, I'm just like, this book just changed my life. <laughs> um, I read it twice. Well, I listened to it twice, you know, within one week. And, um, you know, it just makes total sense. It's about, you know, total life delegation, not just, you know, in business, but in life. And and I was already there, right, mentally, you know, getting headed in the direction of like, you know, I want to take off five months and all the things. But then even on top of that, just being a natural entrepreneur and business owner, like you're going to have, as they talk about in the book, all of these different ideas. And um, man, it's just a phenomenal book. But yeah, it changed my life for sure. And I've told anybody that can listen, you know, anybody that will listen, I've told them about it for sure. And everyone has said, you know, everybody have recommended it. I've had at least like five people that I can think of on one hand that have read it. Literally, I just read it a month ago and, you know, all of them. And it's an easy listen. It's like a four hour listen on Audible. But at least five of them have come back like, yo, this is an amazing book. So it's my, yeah. it's one of my favorites. It's my top 10 for sure. Who not how, just in terms of like the mindset shift of like, why don't I, why am I doing anything? Why am I not just finding a person who knows how to do this already instead yeah. of me trying to learn everything? Yeah. I've hired that, two people since reading that book. Yeah. It's smart. It's a good book. Mm. Cool. So what are, what else are you, how can my audience help you? Like what would be like really ideal for your business? What would be what are other things they can do? Where can they reach out to you? What stuff can we plug? Like all of that good stuff. Um, so you can find me at Roshana Scott everywhere um, across every platform. Um, I have a number of events that are coming up. So all of my events are posted on my social media. So um, if you want to share a flyer or anything like that, that would be great. Uh, I definitely would. Event. Yeah, definitely would appreciate the support. Um, and then. Um, Where's the next event? Oh, uh, my next event is actually in Kentucky in um, February 3rd. Um, yep. It's called Leading Ladies Extreme. Why Kentucky? Huh? Why Kentucky? Oh, that's where the host lives. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I, I'm, I'm a speaker. Speaking at that event or is it your event? No, I'm speaking at that event. <laughs> gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah, no, I know that's nothing. why I was confused. I'm like, wait, like, don't you live uh, in Chicago? <laughs> no, I know nothing about uh, Kentucky. I actually spoke, I actually had an event today uh, here in Chicago that I spoke at on um, 
social media for real estate professionals. But um, in terms of my own event, I'm actually hosting, uh, I'm doing a tour in March for Women's History Month. Um, it's called Lady Landlord Tour. I'm going to Atlanta, DC, uh, Miami, and Chicago. So if any of your listeners are, you know, in either of those cities, that would be great. You know, pull up. Added to, if you add Denver to that, I have a meetup that we'd love to have you as a guest speaker. So I love if you're interested, you could come through it. My my partner in the setting up the meetups is also a woman. So okay. you guys can go all on about. <laughs> love it. I love it. Cool. Well, Roshana, I really appreciate you so much. Are there any last words you have for my audience? Well, just thank you for having me. Um, this was uh, this was a great podcast. You asked some great questions, so thank you. Uh, hopefully, you guys had an opportunity, you know, to learn something, you know, or get inspired. Um, you know, I would definitely say, you know, when it comes to uh, social media or even just, you know, investing, like document your journey. You know, show up. And um, just continue showing up and whatever it is you're trying to do on the investing side, on the agent side, continue showing up. You never know who or what, you know, is waiting for you when you get there. That's what I tell people. Ninety percent of success is showing up. Um, and I feel like that has definitely aided in my success as well, um, because I have a phenomenal, phenomenal network right um not to sound cliche. Right. But we all know your network is your net worth. And so. Um, I would say definitely show up to those events, those networking events. You say you have a meetup, right? So show up to these events when you say, you know, you want to be this person, um, you know, make sure you're showing up as that person in the world and, and showing up and connecting with people who are already doing what you want to do. 100%. Guys, please reach out to Roshana, especially on Instagram, but like any of those places, but Instagram is how I met her. She responds to her DM. So DM her, send her some love, say like, oh my God, I love this podcast. Send the podcast, send like your favorite parts, say the part that you love the most. Yes, tag send her a bunch of love, tag her and stuff, tag me and stuff. Um, and yeah, like, like send her deals in Chicago, right? Send her, like if you have social media questions, you can probably hit her up too, but definitely give her a lot of love right now for coming on the podcast. Roshana, you were an amazing guest. I loved it. Stay afterwards. If there's a few questions I want to ask you just real quick afterwards too. Um, and guys, next week, it'll be a normal schedule, 8.15 AM PST. We're doing cash flow and coffee. We'll answer all your questions there. And then next week, we're going to do Scorch of Fears, exact same time, 5 PM PST. Um, Roshana, I appreciate you so much. We're out. Scorch the fears. Let's freaking go.